0: Hello and welcome to Evolve and Align. I'm your host, Leah Michelle. I'm an energetics coach and self-love guide who is here to encourage and empower you to live a life that feels good for you. Come with me on this journey into designing a life aligned with your highest true self. We will be chatting all things business, health and wellness, energetics, the highs and lows of being human, and so much more. I'm here navigating this life just like you, so let's learn to evolve and expand together. If you are ready to live a life aligned by your own design and to evolve into your true self, let's dive in. Hello friends and welcome back to another episode of Evolve and Align. Today's episode is such a good one. I know I say this all the time, but I have a very special guest on, and that is my friend Alexandra Wyman. We have a, I just, I'm calling it a roller coaster of a conversation because we dive in all different directions and we go deep on a lot of different topics. We get really heavy and I just want to pre-frame this episode that we do talk about mental health and suicide. However, we also take a turn and make this episode really fun and we talk about moving forward into joy. We talk about human design. We talk about navigating our relationships. We just, like I said, dive in in all different directions So I'm super excited for this, and I can't wait for you all to listen in on the conversation. So sit back, relax, and I'll just say, enjoy the show. (laughs) So hello, Alexandra, and
1: welcome to
0: the Evolve and Align podcast. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: Me too. I'm so excited to get to talk to you.
0: Yeah, and I know we were talking yesterday, and we haven't talked to each other for a couple months. And we actually met in Allison Cullen's Mastermind, who was on my show a couple weeks ago, so everybody knows who she is. But yeah, we talked all the time before.
1: I know. I, I when you said it was two months, I I thought there's no way, there's no way it's been two months. But for whatever reason, I I just told someone the other day, I said I keep saying the phrase the older I get. <laughs> more recently Um, but i feel like the beginning of the year is just fly by and next next thing you know it's it's march but i'm just so glad i get to see your face and talk to you today
0: yeah i agree everything flies by as you get older just because there's so much more excitement that's how i feel
1: (laughs) i i think that's a fantastic way to look at it so many so many cool things going on it for Mm -hmm. for us it was a little bit of a rough start to the year but i I feel like in the last two to three weeks, it's it's definitely panned out better. So, yeah.
0: Well, before we get too in depth, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody for those who don't know you?
1: Oh yes. Okay. So I'm Alexandra. Uh, as Leah said, we met in a business mastermind, um, and I have known the leader of that for a few years, and I feel like that community is just. Amazing and such a great way to tap into people who are there to build you up. So if you ever get an opportunity, not that I'm trying to plug a mastermind right now, but if you ever get the opportunity, it's a good one. Um but yeah, so I live in Colorado in the US and I have a three and a half year old son and it's just the two of us now. Um my husband passed away about two and a half years ago, um, and, and that has been Quite a journey. I, I know we're going to get into that a little bit more today, um, but I practice pediatric occupational therapy, so I work with children ages zero to three, and basically help them reach their milestones if they're experiencing any sort of delays. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the snapshot of the life right now. <laughs>
0: Beautiful. I know. And um, what I wanted to talk about first was sort of like you were talking about about your husband. And you just wrote a book recently, which I've started reading. I've not finished it yet. But yeah, I thought it would be interesting for you to talk a little bit about that because it's about suicide and mm-hmm. it's a topic that people don't want to bring up, but it needs to be talked about more, I think.
1: No, absolutely. Yes. So uh, my husband, Sean, and I had a whirlwind romance. We... Um, had an instant soul connection. I didn't really understand this actually until after he died and really started diving into my own spirituality. But we definitely had a major soul connection. Felt like we'd known each other for years. And within a year, we were married, bought our house. Um, we found out we were pregnant right away. And it was one of those things where I felt like I was checking off all the boxes for what I um, had been conditioned and kind of internalized as a kid, what a successful life looks like. I was a little older. I was in my thirties. So, um, a little late to the game, but I was like, at least I finally showed up. Right. And, um, and Sean had a, he had a pretty traumatic childhood. He had some experiences that really left an impact on him. And in August of 2020, he ended up taking his own life. And that was such a major, obviously, I mean, huge, tragic, event, very traumatic. Um, and I, after he passed, I was gifted a lot of beautiful widow's journals and prayer books, but I didn't, I didn't have anyone give me anything or, or guide me on like what happens when your life has been completely turned upside down. Uh, and my situation was complicated just by the reactions of other people and other individuals, grief process. So I decided I was going to write a book that hopefully would help people either to know that they're not alone. Um, so if they were going through my situation and the craziness that I say I went through um, is, not, is not unique. Um, this type of grief from Lost by Suicide tends to make people go to blame and anger and judgment. Uh, and you can get some very hysterical and, and over the, in my opinion, over the top responses. Um, cause you don't get, you don't get the answer to any of the questions that you have. And it's a very hopeless situation or a helpless situation, I should say, to feel like you're trying to access someone who, you know, is potentially going to end their life. Um, so yeah, I just decided to write a book that one either says you're not alone. So you know that whatever you're going through is the same as others or in a way to give perspective, I have met some people who've had beautiful, um, well I'll say beautiful support you know agree a grieving journey is not fun it's not enjoyable um, and and to let those people know like you know in a way to increase gratitude or appreciation for the support that they have and and also to encourage people to come together in community. So the idea behind the book was to be one you know to give some some actual concrete tools and tips and tricks for how to get through this process and to know that you can. You know, when you lose someone so close to you, you're gonna have a grieving journey for the rest of your life. It just changes, it it morphs and changes as you go. Um, but to have some of those tools and and tips to come back to to kind of guide you along the way, because that's what I really wish I had. I, I did have some people who had gone through a similar situation who were there for me, but I need I wanted something that I could go back to and say, Okay, this is how I'm feeling, you know, to get that encouragement.
0: Yeah it's just such a, obviously, like, it's a sad story. But the way that you put such a positive spin on it is unlike anything that I've heard about, that I've experienced. Um, I haven't had to deal with suicide personally, but I've, like, I work as a mental health nurse. So I deal with it in that capacity. And it's just that's like, when I met you and heard about your story, I just connected so much with that positive positivity and I know like I don't know yes not everything like was positive but just the way that you put that spin on it like how did how were you able to do that do you think because a lot of people would have went down a different route
1: yeah and and thank you for that because I think what I say is that nothing good comes from Sean dying right he was an amazing amazing person um but I I do I do believe that something good can come out of my process. Um, And honestly, to get to a point of joy or seeing positivity, uh, you have to go through all of the horrible feelings. And so I'm an Aries and I'm a, let's take this on and plow through it to get to the other side, which doesn't work with grief, by the way, but I had to learn that the hard way. (laughs) Um, And I, I had, so one of the sheriff's officers actually, who had to inform me that Sean had passed, I knew he had passed. I just had, we had that kind of connection that I knew when he died, but I wasn't informed until hours later. And, um, one of the officers, she had lost her husband eight months prior by suicide. And so she like got down right in my face and she was like, I'm just going to tell you, you're going to get through this. You can get through this. It's hard work. Um, but you can. And in the moment I thought you're full of it. (laughs) That's insane. But she was right. And so. I, there are two things. One, you have to keep going. And I, and I do recommend for people that you find something to anchor to what, so that on the hard days, you're still putting one foot in front of the other. Um, for me, it was my son. I, from day zero, said he is already impacted by this, but his life does not have to be dictated by this. And so I knew that I had to get through my process and continue and still do in order to be available to him in as emotionally healthy, um, as, as possible as I can be as as an emotional, healthy, um, role model for him. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot of work. I mean, I think that's the, it's easy to get caught up in the blame and anger, um, and to get stuck, And that's part of my goal right now is to help people get unstuck and to figure out where they are in their grief process and to allow, I think that's one of the things in general, culturally, we don't want to feel the horrible feelings. We don't, we want to just stuff them away. Um, But as you know, in your practice and what you do, I mean, if we don't, we're going to, that can cause physical ailments. It can cause even more mental health issues and Um, It doesn't feel very good when you're in it, but on the other side, it's completely freeing.
0: Yeah, and I think it's important what you said was like, yeah, we still have to go through like all of the challenges, all of the shitty parts of life and of whatever you're experiencing, but like we really do have a choice to either like sit in that or to push forward and it's easier to like it would be so much easier and correct me if i'm wrong but it would have been way easier to just you know let everything go and sit in that like negative grief experience and i've like i've experienced similar with like anxiety and depressive episodes it's
1: easy to just sit in that
0: it's harder to push through but it leads to something so much better
1: Yes, absolutely. And I and I know people, as, even in my own situation, um, people who love Sean who are stuck and they aren't willing to tap into the tools that are available for whatever reason, right? We all have reasons why we tap into one thing or another. Um, but I have seen how it has impacted their physical health, how it impacts their relationship. Um, and you're right. You can, I you know, I say sink into them, but don't stay there. And don't give in to them. And I think when people, what i found is when that happens, it's usually, in my opinion, tied to, again, whatever conditioning or messages we get as kids. And that's been a big, a big turning point for me in my grief process was realizing I had to go back and start healing some of my core limiting beliefs in order to be able to really grieve currently with what I had in front of me. And that was when I started to go, Oh, okay. I can set boundaries. Oh, okay. I don't have to be a people pleaser. I don't have to control this situation, which was really hard, but also again, very freeing to get to the point of going, Oh, I can do th-. I mean, that was the main thing. Can I do this? Initially I thought said, Nope, Nope. This was not part of our agreement. I'm not supposed to be a single mom. I don't know this. Uh uh-uh. What about our happily ever after, you know? And, and it was just me, uh, kind of just buying into a lot of that conditioning instead of starting to dismantle all that and go where do I fit into all of this and once I could actually heal all those past hurts then I was able to face the grief from his death
0: yeah yeah it's definitely easy to fall into like the victim mentality conditioning that a lot of people have because we don't really get taught like how to do that like what you're talking about here how to not sit in victim mentality. And I know, um, you were talking about like one of your goals now is to help other people in their grieving process. And I know you have, um, it's a masterclass course sort of Mm -hmm. thing called forward to joy. Is that like just about grief or is it about other topics as well? And like, do you want to talk into that a little bit too? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So really anybody could benefit from it. I think initially when it was created it was with the idea of helping people get unstuck from grief but essentially what it is is I've created a process to start evaluating what those messages and projections are that we get as kids that start impacting us in our adulthood in our decision making and so I go through five different areas of wellness so physical mental emotional spiritual I'm missing one nutritional Hopefully I didn't say that one twice. Um, and the idea is to really evaluate, you know, what what's our relationship with all of those areas of wellness and to tap into what are we holding on to at a cellular level? Because anything that, any limiting core belief that we have is almost, it's running in the background. So we don't necessarily know that it's impacting us on a day-to-day basis because we're not aware of it, but it's still running back there. So like I was saying, and I... Um, was double checking when um, about swearing because there were a couple times I was like, don't swear, don't swear. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. That's okay. But one of the things for me as a people pleaser was that I very quickly became a people pleaser because I had people would say, don't be so bitchy. And so I just decided, okay, I can't be if I stick up for myself, if I say something where I'm stating my opinion and someone doesn't agree, I'm gonna be bitchy. so I'll just be a people pleaser instead. And so it's, it's being able to look at those kinds of things that we take on and, you know, maybe we don't have a memory of that exact conversation, but we have a feeling around it. And then being able to see, you know, what does our younger self need from it and how can we heal that and bring awareness to it so that we, I, the way I look at it is, and you know, we, we bond on our woo stuff, <laughs> you and me, but, but how can we energetically clear space? to welcome in more opportunities and things that are really going to be more aligned for us. So um, it's six weeks, s- seven weeks, I think, um, with all the different health. And what I'm hoping for the one-on-one coaching is to do a little bit more of a deeper dive into what those messages are and to really help people find ways to shift dynamics in their life to be able to to really get down to who they are and to be able to let go of those messages. So that's what the master class, like it's available to do um, a self-paced online or um, through one-on-one coaching.
0: Yeah, it sounds beautiful. And I know what you were saying about like the people pleasing stuff because that hits hit home for me. <laughs> and it's funny because I had like a different experience. It wasn't about like thinking about being bitchy. It was just about like, I don't know i think my parents just were always telling me to like be nice to people and like always think about other people's feelings which is important but then you get like so conditioned when you're younger and i like how you're going through that like sort of like inner child stuff that we hear about but we don't i know like i don't know how to do that myself you hear like oh you have to like work on your limiting beliefs you have to heal your inner child but then you're like well, how do I do that? So it's awesome that you're showing people how to.
1: Thanks. And the idea is for this to be a jumping off point. So there are so many different communities, even with Allison's community or the to be magnetic community that are great. And I find when I met these people or when I joined, I was already on a personal growth journey. I was already committed to trying to work through my stuff. I didn't know how at the time, but then was able to connect with these other communities. And so, my goal is to kind of be that first step of people for people who go, I just don't know where to start. And mm-hmm. this is meant to be a starting off point, and then be able to say, now you get to up level and go to these other communities where you can really take yourself to the next level. So,
0: yeah, that's awesome as well. Cause, you know, as coaches and as business owners, like sometimes we think that we have to know it all and do it all, but we oh, all. Yeah. Like need to collaborate and work together, and I love that. And I love that's how we met, like through the mastermind, like we were talking about. And I think it's just so important to have that collaboration rather than like competition with everybody.
1: I agree, and especially now, I feel culturally there is so much competition, and I still am not even sure I fully understand cancel culture, but I it just seems in a way flippant where you can be in one day and out the next day. And all of a sudden it's like, what? Did, maybe you didn't do anything different, but someone, just, some influencer just decided you're out. And now all of a sudden, you know, your career can be highly impacted. And I just, mm-hmm. I, I joke cause I was born, um, year of the dog. And so I'm kind of like a puppy, like can we all get along and just hang out and have some unity and build each other up and what, what a world it would be and how can we, teach our kids to to love on each other and not end up having to find more reasons to be divisive I didn't really mean to go that way but it just kind of naturally naturally happened there's my little rant
0: (laughs) oh I know I understand that so deeply especially being in business and like
1: of course yeah and I remember um I mean, I've definitely had imposter syndrome of who's going to listen to what I have to say and who's going to read my book and is this going to go anywhere? And then I remember actually, Allison was the one who was who said to me, "Why not?" And there's plenty, there's so much opportunity, and plenty of abundance that do you know do what feels right for you, and the right people will come. Which, um, yeah, I'm still working on the why not me, like why not me. <laughs> I was just going to ask, like, what what was it that helped you get out of imposter syndrome? Oh, I'm still in it. <laughs> I have my days. This is why I still have my therapist, and my therapist is great. He's like a, a grief therapist, and so, um, and I'm like, you can't, you cannot cut this umbilical cord yet. Like, I'm not ready to be launched. Um, but I, st- I still, I still do get imposter syndrome, and when opportunities come through, I wonder, what what is going to happen here? Um, and I think it's just putting it in perspective. Number one of, you know, continuing being aligned and really getting grounded in the purpose rather than the outcome. Cause I find that imposter syndrome for me gets triggered more when I start thinking about the outcome, where is this going to go? Who's going to listen to this rather than just say, nope, it's an opportunity for me to be aligned with what I'm really feeling, what I want to do and have another, chance to speak what I feel is important and then just have to surrender and release, which is really it's really hard for me to surrender, but very important. And so that's that's kind of what I go to is as soon as I start to feel it, I go, okay, wait, come on back. Come on back. You're getting caught up in where this is gonna go rather than just enjoying the process. You know, for years someone has been telling I've had several people who say, yeah, you have to fall in love with the process. And I'm like, oh it's what? No. That doesn't the process isn't always enjoyable, and it's interesting because this year, um, my word for the year is simple, which also yeah. is kind of hysterical because life is not necessarily simple, but uh, it has the reminder of simplicity has caused me to try and slow down a little bit and enjoy the process a little bit more. Um, but if I ever figure out how to avoid imposter syndrome, I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> I know it's funny because I don't think.
0: I've talked to any any woman or any person in business who doesn't have imposter syndrome.
1: Everybody does. And, yeah,
0: I know yeah. I have it a lot. Similar to what you said, but also in terms of a lot of like comparisonitis, and mm-hmm. that's what led into my like imposter syndrome. Something that helps me a lot is just like quieting the noise, mm-hmm. like not going on media, not reading. And comparing myself to all of the other people and that's really when you can like feel into what's aligned like what you were talking about of actually you know feeling into your message and what you want to share rather than what like you know what you think you need to share or what you think you should be talking about or whatever that's a huge
1: thing yeah the shitting is awful it's awful and it and it happens all the time i try in my life which is not always easy to switch it from should to could like, how could i have done that differently because shooting for me it brings on so much shame and judgment and i'm not right where I, I can't say everybody but i'd say we're usually the hardest harshest critics of ourselves and i definitely am and so it's so easy to get caught up in how, right how we should be or For me, it's um, okay, success equals this amount of social media presence or this amount of clients, or the and it and I have to pull back and remind myself it's not concrete like that, it doesn't work that way. Um, And to just again kind of enjoy the process and just keep reminding myself that when you're aligned and doing it, like the rest will follow, kind of which is true. Just yeah, you know, my Aries comes out. No, I feel you.
0: That's my word for the year is alignment.
1: Oh, I love it.
0: (laughs) I am interrupting this episode to share a very important announcement with you. Aligned Energetics 2.0 is officially here. Aligned Energetics is a potent membership container that is made for those who desire to create a life that is aligned with their true self and who desire to break the rules and pave their own path in life instead of just following all of the shoulds that society has conditioned into us this membership container is designed to help you do just as it says align your energy in a way that feels good for you in your life and business in order to manifest your dream reality step into your most abundant self and to simply be able to enjoy every moment of your life and business, because ultimately, this is the goal, isn't it? So whether you are dreaming of a passion project, are brand new to business, or are a seasoned veteran with a full-time business, this space is for you. This container is about helping you determine which skills, tasks, and ways of doing life and business resonate for you. It's about learning how to align your energy in a way that will help you to prevent burnout, to quit the hustle culture, but in a way that will still allow you to take the aligned and inspired action that is correct for you. We will be diving in from a lens of human design, along with many strategic and energetic tools that will allow you to connect back with the person that you were made to be, before the world conditioned you otherwise. So if you're ready to live a life and a business that is aligned with your true self, join us in Aligned Energetics now. Link is in the show notes. Ever since learning about human design, which I know you're Mm -hmm. very, um, it taught me a lot about not listening to the shoulds. Being like, oh my god, I'm not supposed to live this way.
1: You're You're a manny gen, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so you're a
0: generator? I'm
1: a generator. But I I have been on a couple dates with someone who's a manny gen. And mm. before I even I I told him, I was like, I have to I have to look up your chart. And he was like, What are you talking <laughs> about? I'm like, I have to look this up right now. And before I even looked it up, I was like, I'm pretty sure you're a manny gen. I just it's like there's just something and sure enough, I was like, Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. Which I love, which is amazing. I mean, yeah. He's got all sorts of ideas and stuff just like he's he's definitely I'd say definitely more of a combo, but I'd say more manifester than generator. I'd be like, Oh, this mm-hmm. thing just fell into my lap today and I'm like, Oh, yeah. does stuff like that does not fall into my lap, but that's okay. I'll work hard for you or because <laughs> that's what I do.
0: Yeah. He must be very aligned if you can like see all that stuff. I love that.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I know it's a, it's a, it's a new, I know it's weird. I, we weren't going to talk about this either, but you know, we're just going to go with it. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a new experience for me to get to a point where I was willing to actually open myself up to another person in my life. Um, and so I had one horrible first date one that was good, but that gentleman was moving. And then I met this current gentleman and I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I can do this, which is a little scary and exciting at the same time.
0: Yeah. I feel you on that. I did not have the same experience with you, but I, or as you, but I've, I went through a bad breakup and I went through a lot of bad guys on the way to my current boyfriend's so.
1: right well and yeah. so do you know do you know what your current boyfriend is in human design he's also a Manny Jen. no way really yeah. oh my and goodness he, he wasn't
0: living in full alignment mm. um <laughs> so funny if he listens to this i know <laughs> he doesn't just blame to, know it on people. me
1: say alexandra kept
0: asking questions yeah. so i didn't know and i wasn't either before i found out what i was yeah um but yeah you can tell but then when i see him do like the things that he loves you can see it come out and just learning about this and being able to talk with him through it oh he just walked in the door right now. <laughs> like, being able to like talk with him through it and i know like the same probably with the guy that you're with he like when when you told him about human design did he think you were what did he say
1: uh, <laughs> well kidding. yeah so he this is what he says woo doesn't work for me, but it's great that it works for you. <laughs> so, um, agree, like, they're like they're accepting of it, even if yes. they don't know. What yeah, no. Um, he, he actually listened to the podcast episode that my sister and I had with Allison on it to hear the human design. And so I told I told him I was like, well, you're a manifesting generator, <laughs> go back and listen to it. Um, but yeah, that was, it was pretty funny, but I think, I, th- I think what's cool is is I would think for you and your your boyfriend is being able to bounce those ideas off of each other and then knowing what your what your type is to be able to just understand, you know, follow those rabbit holes and and be able to see where they where they go. But the alignment piece is so big cuz I can say as a generator, I was not in alignment and I'm still I feel like I'm still in transition to getting fully aligned. Um, but I like my energy levels dropped. I was super tired. I had no capacity. And as I've been making, like, kind of up leveling and and making transition to become more aligned, I feel I feel a little bit more of life coming back into me, um, which is which is awesome. I'm like, oh, let's keep riding this wave.
0: I felt the same way. I thought um, because of my
1: energy levels,
0: I thought that I would have been a projector. <laughs> but oh. then I just realized doing anything that I enjoyed (laughs) right basically are you
1: I know I don't mean to go down like the human design rabbit hole are you sacral or um, I am you are okay so am I are you yeah so that's even been a transition for me um because and I remember early on going to Allison Cullen and being and asking her and saying there are some things I have to do that are not hell yeses and in, in asking her how to kind of handle that. And I loved her response because essentially she just said, find other things throughout your day that are hell yeses to tap into. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've really tried to align with the hell yes, hell no thing. And and that also has been a major change in that alignment.
0: Yeah, that has been, I think, one of the hardest things for me. And it's funny when I talk to other people who have different um, authorities and they're like, "Oh, I wish I had that one." And you know, you always want what you don't have. I right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I used to be that person that was like, "Oh, I need to like, I need to sleep on it. I need to make all these lists and mm. like weigh my cons." <laughs> yeah. So it's very that's been I think one of my toughest things to step into is the feeling it out in the moment and feeling yes. what what the hell no, and also just knowing that it's a process because sometimes like if you're not connected with your body either like you're not going to be able to feel it right away so it's like something that you have to practice
1: over time oh totally mm-hmm and yes that's all I have to say yes you are it it is something to practice and get into and it's amazing to see how once you get momentum by tapping in to um that kind to your authority and being able to tap into yeah i i agree i agree i think boundary setting i mean the people pleaser in me definitely comes out more if i have to set boundaries or say no and then if someone asks why and be like just because like i'm not feeling it or i used to be someone who would say if i had an opening in my schedule i never liked telling people no because if if they would say are you free like well yeah i'm I'm free, and then end up doing something, and then feeling exhausted because those were hell knows, and then finally Mm -hmm. I just said, "Oh no, I'm not free. I'm I'm hanging with myself tonight. You know, like I'm taking a night off and being okay with that because for a long time I wasn't. I wasn't okay with that. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I feel the exact same. Like I I said, also a people pleaser, recovering people pleaser. Exactly. Um, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But also learning that it's so important as like a generator and a mani-gen, it's important for us to have that blank space. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So lots of people probably don't understand that just based on conditioning again, like we were talking about. So having that blank space and not having to explain yourself is so against the grain. It shouldn't be, but Mm -hmm. it feels so against the
1: grain. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think, yes, I still get a little, I don't know if I'd call it squishy or squirmy a little bit. If I say no to something, um, and I used to be a huge planner too. I'd have stuff planned out two to three weeks ahead of time. I always knew what my schedule was. I mean, my memory took a huge hit after Sean died. So I've had to work on other kind of strategies to help my memory. Cause it's still impacted. Um, but now I just tell people like, oh, that might be too far in advance for me to book that. <laughs> just say. Yeah. yeah that's not working
0: you're um, the same person i know right
1: <laughs> yes. this is why we get it's along
0: <laughs> it's so hard not to plan things in advance but it feels good to not plan things in advance <laughs> it's funny
1: yeah so it's like
0: i plan like this trip in six months but i'm like i don't know what i don't know how
1: i'll feel in six months so right. i'm gonna wait you a, a little bit longer yeah exactly i think because um, what would happen for me is I would plan stuff out and get to that day and go, I don't want to do this, and then I do it anyway because I'm an obligation. I I made a commitment. Um, so now I just try and be a little bit more open, um, and I tell people. I mean, if they want to, I I just call it wishy-washy. I'm like, you can call me wishy-washy because I just don't know until the day of. But that I don't want to go into like, well, I'm a generator and I'm a sacral, <laughs> and so I have to, you know, I have to wait till I'm in the moment to decide, right. So I want to do that, but
0: yeah, people don't understand it yet. Right. Yes. Um, Yeah. And I understand like, yes, we do have some obligations. I just want to state that here. Like if somebody has a wedding that you're like, you want to be in. Yeah. You probably need to plan that like a year in advance. Oh, or vacation, like a big vacation that you need to book but I still like have hard, a hard time with those. So I just want to like
1: normalize that for everybody listening. <laughs> oh yeah. And I think you can still get, so when you're talking about vacation, I'm like, absolutely. You can plan your vacation ahead of time. I think then it, you know, part of the sacral piece of it would be not necessarily planning the whole trip out and, and seeing what you feel like doing when you're there. But yeah, I can't, i wish i had more spontaneity to be able to just pick up and go and do stuff i feel like i feel like going on a trip today um that doesn't doesn't work for me either i do i do have to balance that sometimes if with the example of a trip or if something larger is coming up i will get anxiety if i don't feel like it's booked like we go out and see um my son's uncle every year in california and I, I need to get that booked. Like, the closer it gets, I don't do well with procrastination. So the closer it gets, if I don't have it booked, that's harder for me. But then I try and leave it open, like I was saying, with some flexibility to kind of choose in the moment what we're going to do.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to look at it, I think.
1: Because
0: as much as we want to, like, be completely... Like, in our sacrals, just the way the world is set up, sometimes, like, you can't be 100%. You can get towards it. But like we said, there's things that happen. And it's good to, like, find what works even if, like, it 100% doesn't work. Yeah. I like that piece. And what I was going to say along the lines of, like, what we're talking about with vacations and stuff Um, we both, well, I work full-time as a nurse. Do you work
1: full-time as well? Uh, it's technically considered. Yeah. So I, um, it's considered full-time for the industry that I'm in. So I, because I work in in in-home care, you don't get to 40 hours of visits. Like that's just not, it's not possible. So excuse me, technically. Yes, I do. Um, I used to work in a local school district and, that work had a lot of flexibility and was great, but I talk about not being aligned. I could tell that it wasn't aligned for me. I was exhausted. I was coming home grumpy. And I decided I needed to transition to something that provided me a little bit more flexibility so that if my son was sick, if he needed something, um, he had surgery last year. So I had to, you know, rearrange things for that. So I just realized I needed something that provided more flexibility. So I transitioned into what I'm doing now, um, still with that flexibility. And sometimes when I think about the nine to five. I'm like, no, even now I have a lot of flexibility and I'm still like, I'd like more flexibility. than this. Um, cause it's the same thing. You know, if I can't see a kiddo, then I don't get paid. It's a fee for service kind of model. Um, and it's cold season here in Colorado. So kids are, and my son goes to school. So he's, you know, we're just constantly passing stuff back and forth. Um, that's a very long answer to your question, but yes, I am working full time. Um, <laughs> But trying to, trying, I really am trying to manifest and call in more of the day-to-day lifestyle that I'd really like that will be more aligned.
0: I like that. And how, so first question, but how do you balance like having that quote unquote full time job with your business? I
1: I haven't yet. (laughs) No, that's that's not true. That's not true.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, there's no, like, perfect balance. But I think it's important to talk about because a lot of people that are coaches and run online businesses have other things that they don't talk about enough. Well, I wanted to bring this up in a conversation a little bit.
1: I know. Can I ask you what you do? I feel like your business has been up and running much longer than mine. So what, like, how do you balance it?
0: It's hard, too, because it's, I've had, like, a change in schedules for, like, everywhere I've worked. Um, so I started in network marketing when I was in nursing school. So that was easier because I had a lot more time to focus on it. Then I'm trying to think of like the timeline. I started as a nurse at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh boy. So it wasn't so easy to balance it then because I was working way too many hours, not aligned as well. Mm -hmm. So now I'm working on the balance of like it's tough still, so I'm working right now on an eight to four job, which is, at first, I didn't want that, but it feels really good right now.
1: That's awesome. And I think
0: that, say, like, our alignment and like our desires change as we go, based on where we're at in life. Um yeah. So, yeah, like, I'm not as stressed when I come home, so I actually have time to like work on business stuff for a couple hours. After work, But I also don't have kids. So that's a whole other story for some people. But I think it's just important. Like when I'm at work, I try to really focus on being present at work. Mm -hmm. When I'm at home, working on my business for those, like whatever set time period, I try to be present as much as possible on that. And then like when I'm with friends or family, I work on like being present in that moment. So I think it comes back to, like, what we were talking about earlier of being present and, like, enjoying the process. I don't know if that answers your question.
1: No, it does because I think it gives tips on that ability of, one, setting aside time to tap into things that do align with you. I think that's awesome that you are, you know, that your schedule is working for you now where it does feel good um and then having the capacity and energy that's been my biggest struggle is is exactly that finding the time so evenings i would love evenings to be the time that i could do that but i'm finding that my capacity is is my tank is pretty low by the evening and um and i've been through a lot of transition um in the last few months as far as what company i'm working for the work i do is the same uh, but i'm trying to i finally feel like i've found the right company that's that's going to help support me where i feel like I will be more aligned. So I'm in the middle of that transition as well. Um, so I think it's finding like you're saying is those moments throughout the day that you can tap into it. I Mm -hmm. think my goal really with the coaching and the business side is to have set time, you know, set aside certain times to be able to be open for that. Um, I haven't figured out if that would be daily or if it's like a, scrunch all my clients into two or three days and then have two days to devote to the business side. Right now, it's kind of sprinkled in. So if I'm meeting with someone, it's kind of sprinkled in throughout the week. Um, and I do try, I'm, I'm a very big proponent that when I pick up my son from school, that it talk about being present, that I'm present with him. Not always happening. So it is a process and I'm working on it. Um, but that's a big part. I try and go back to, that's a big part of why I left the job I had was to be a better mom and then I'm in a position where I'm coaching families on parenting and coaching families on on how to you know actually tap in and see their kids for who they are and I would feel like a hypocrite if I didn't use those same strategies for myself in my own life so it is a balance like you said and um yeah, it gets complicated, a little complicated for me because I have what I call intermittent insomnia. So on the days that I'm not sleeping, I don't want to get up early and meditate. (laughs) But when I am getting sleep, then I do like to get up and kind of, I like, I found even though I understand research says, you know, don't, don't have social media be the first thing you see. And I don't I don't really consume, but I do like the idea of, you know, kind of the first thing, being able to engage with some people, respond to some people who've reached out, be able to post something if I need to, and then kind of spend 10 minutes and then move on from there. But yeah, I'm always looking for tips and tricks of how people have life hacks or ways that they can balance, because you have to at first. I'd love for my side business to be my main business and for this to really take off. Um, But for now, I have to kind of balance the two yeah there's a whole
0: bunch of things that i wanted to comment on there if (laughs) i can
1: oh sorry (laughs) well
0: it's okay i loved it i was just taking notes in my head first of all just what you said about like being present but you know it doesn't always happen and i just want to mention that too like every day is not perfect for me either (laughs) like sometimes i'm just i have a plan to work on my business but i'm tired because it was a stressful day at work and you know what i'm like i'm gonna to hang out with my boyfriend and watch tv and just like acknowledging that and it being okay because that happens to all of us whether it be like with business or work or family and just knowing like it's a process it never we never reach that like perfection I don't think
1: <laughs> yeah no I don't I don't think so either and and I think you're right it's it's kind of releasing the shame and judgment we have on ourselves for those shits, right? Well, I should do, you know, and just, I think it's remarkable to just listen to your body of what it needs for that particular day. And I feel like that's going to serve you well, way more than, than trying to push through.
0: Yeah. And that was the second thing I was going to comment on was that we're talking about like, you know, not every morning you consistently meditate every day. And that's something that has been a struggle for me with like the idea of consistency and discipline and definitely like in network marketing, we learned a lot about that. And it was like hammered in of, you have to do these things every mm-hmm. day to be successful. And like, you have to have a morning routine and you have to wake up at 5 a.m. <laughs> right? All these, things. and yes, it's important, like in a sense, where like being consistent and being disciplined is needed, like if you're building a business, but you still have to listen to your body and figuring out that balance is a whole other thing. Yeah. But it sounds like you're doing a good job of that. And I'm working on that.
1: (laughs) No, I was gonna say it's, it is, it's absolutely like a a daily, you, you know, a daily thing to tap into that and say, you know, can't can I do this? Can I not? Where where do I stand? And I I agree with you. We do get conditioned and that's part of the, you know, if you're gonna be successful, this is what it looks like. And in reality, I'm finding no success is is in doing things that you're aligned with. Um, but yeah, it's a day I mean I I would still love to be able, my alarm goes off at five and I'd still love to be able to pop up out of bed, feel super refreshed and be like, I'm going to meditate and journal and I'm going to set my intentions for the day. And I'm going to, yeah, it does not, it does not happen that way. But uh, you know, like you said, it's a work in process, progress, work in progress and, um, and learning to Yeah. To enjoy that, that process of it. Um, but yeah, if I ever get to that point where I feel, I'm like nailed it, I'll let you know. Not there yeah. yet. <laughs> I think like, that's the whole thing is that you have to like, give yourself grace. Yes. And
0: I'm pretty sure like – I don't know because I haven't talked to the people that share about it. But I'm pretty sure every single person like that talks about, you know, meditating every morning or whatever their morning routine is, they get thrown off once in a while. Oh. <laughs> they probably
1: don't talk about it enough. Absolutely. I Yeah. I'm a big proponent, you know, whatever – one, have many tools in your toolbox of what's going to support you. And it, we can't, can't do stuff on our own. So find those safe people. And, and then, yeah, just have that, just know that you, it's going to change on a daily basis and that's okay. And, and I also like to say, you know, find what tools work for you when you feel good. Um, cause when you're having an off day or you're not feeling well for me, for the longest time it was working out. And I, I mean, I used to, oh, yeah, I used to race and, and run races and train. And I haven't been able to do that for years. And my goal is to get back to that, but I gain momentum and then my son would get sick. Then I'd get sick and gain momentum and something else would throw in and I'd feel so off about it and then give up and get into that whole cycle. And then finally I just had to stop. And I mean, I love that you say we have to give each other, we have to give ourselves grace because that's also a lifelong journey. Um, but finally I just had to say, you know, am I moving in some some form or fashion every day because that's what's gonna help me stay healthy and one day maybe I can get back to training but keeping the goal is training and then not being able to I mean I just I was like I'm failing at this every day and it doesn't feel very good So, yeah sometimes you just need to sort of like
0: switch around the goal in a sense and oh, like, yeah yeah and also like you said, do what feels good, even on the days where like, you're not feeling good. So like with exercise, say like you want to work out every day or whatever, you want to move your body every day. And if you're not feeling good, if you're feeling sick, like you still have to listen to your body. Maybe you can go for a five minute walk instead of like an intense workout. So kind of, or even just like having that goal, but knowing it's going to be a process getting there and it's going to be look different than what you're imagining it to be.
1: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's totally, that's totally what it is. And I think, um, again, I think, so I say I'm in, I mentioned this earlier, but I'm in recovery for being an outcome controller. And so that end result piece is what would drive me. And then finally figuring out, I just have to let things play out. And, and you're right. Listening to your body is a way for that to happen because for a while I was pushing so hard or, you know, really kind of berating myself on the working out, trying to figure out what to do. And I ended up with adrenal fatigue. And then my body was like, nope, you just like, you need to start listening. So again, we talked about that, you know, when we're not taking care of ourselves emotionally or mentally in these other areas of wellness, they all impact each other. And it's just, I think there's so much that, so much value in being able to just listen to our body, trust ourselves, and kind of go with what is happening and release that shame and guilt.
0: Yeah. And I think that goes for not just exercise, but literally everything in life.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 And Absolutely. that's something as
0: well, like through human design was that our bodies have a lot more knowledge than... We give them credit for.
1: <laughs> oh, totally. I I was talking with a friend one day um, and she she was saying that she knows that when her shoulders or her neck are stiff, she knows exactly what's going on emotionally. And I thought, oh my gosh, I need to pay more attention to this. And as, um, there have been a couple of times where I'm not sure, like same thing, if my shoulders are really tight, I'm, like, I'm not sure what's happening, but I'll take like a hot bath or a hot shower and just set intention and say, okay, I need to release whatever energy is causing this you know help me navigate whatever is happening emotionally um but absolutely like i'm a like i feel like our body is kind of a roadmap to things emotionally sometimes to Mm -hmm. kind of clue us in to what's going on yeah
0: yeah i'm doing something called soul therapy which is basically (gasps) therapy for your soul what with a therapist it's very cool this sounds amazing anybody that's listening, I will put um, my therapist's information in the show notes and I'll share it with you too, Alex. Yes. But yeah, it's cool. And she taught me that basically our soul communicates with us like through our bodies. I'm still learning. Like this is very new for me, but it makes so much sense when I heard that.
1: Yeah. It's uh, yes. So that's kind of, I
0: think that's why like there's that connection that I didn't really understand before. Well, it is hard
1: and everything. I feel, I feel like all this stuff. And again, I, after, after Sean died, I was, I really dove into my spirituality and trying to figure out what I thought and what I was feeling. And I'm fascinated by all of it because I feel like there's an extent to which my little brain cannot comprehend stuff. And at the same time, I'm like, well, why would I limit what is possible? Um, so yeah, I'd love to see more about the soul therapy because I'm always, I'm always open to ways to, to up-level and really tap into what our purpose is and be grounded. Um, and also in our self-worth, you know, Mm -hmm. I agree.
0: And I'm definitely going to have her come on here and do an episode at (gasps) some point just to talk into it more, because like I said, it's, it's new for me. It's again, like something that your brain just can't comprehend, but it's not meant to.
1: That's so, awesome. I'm so excited for you.
0: Yeah. Thank you. And I think we can wrap things up soon, but I wanted to ask you a couple of questions to conclude. Yeah. They really don't didn't know about. So <laughs> they just came to me as we were talking. So first question, this is probably a loaded question, but what does success mean to you? Cause we kind of talked about that like a bit oh. during this and like, you know, talking about, the fact that success looks different and that Mm. I don't mean like just business, business success, but like life success as well. Like,
1: yeah, maybe you haven't. (laughs) No, I love this question. And I'm thinking like out of all the different questions I've, I've been asked, I haven't been asked this one yet, but I, I do, I do have an idea for me now. So I will say in a past life, as I said, success was this checklist. Um, And you checked stuff off in life and that, that's how you measured success. And it was off what you were doing, not who you are. And since, since going through this whole process after Sean died, I have found that I, I believe every, everybody's purpose is to be exactly who they've been created to be and that we've all been created as these unique beings to connect with each other to have a sense of belonging and then we get these projections like I've talked about in these messages that kind of muddy up the waters and they create what I call sludge around us and then we kind of lose sight of who we were truly meant to be and so in my journey now I find that success to me is me tapping into what my purpose is and being grounded in who I am meant to be and I feel like the what the what we do kind of falls into place. Cause I never thought that I'd be doing a masterclass. I never thought that I'd be writing a book. I never thought that I'd be a guest on your podcast. Um, and really tapping into being that purpose, that aligned person, um, is, is where I see success is. And then being able to kind of guide my son into being able to do the same thing for him and to, to work through whatever conditioning he's already gotten and is going to continue to get to tap into who he truly feels he is.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. I feel very connected with it, with the whole alignment piece and all of that. So yeah. I love that.
1: What do you, I mean, and I don't know if we have time, hold on, hold your, I wanted to ask, and I don't know if we have time. What,
0: what do
1: what do you, yeah. What do you define as success?
0: It's funny because I've been playing around with this, which is why it came to me probably today <laughs> because I was the same. Like I had this, I don't know. I had this idea of success. I think it came to me from network marketing because it was so conditioned conditioned into me. And there was other like definitions that were conditioned into me before that. Growing up, I think, you know, I thought it was getting married, like that checklist, getting married, having this full-time stable job having kids (laughs) and going along my merry way. Like, like that, that was my definition of success. Then when I started my business, it was more, you know, make this huge income of like a million dollars. That's what was in my head at one point. And that's all I wanted. That was like, that's going to be success. I didn't have any other vision of it until now, like the past year where I've been like really deconditioning out of that Mindset of, I need to make a million dollars, which this is a whole other story with money. And I talked about it in my other podcast episode with Allison actually that like money is money beliefs are like a huge thing with success.
1: And mm-hmm. me too. Now, me too.
0: So now my definition, I'm working on it, but it's really all about like those feelings of joy and happiness and love. And I'm figuring out like what that actually feels like for me in my life.
1: Yeah. And then
0: just envisioning that and knowing that it can come out of anything. Like I don't really have a specific goal that I'm aiming towards, but I really want to have those feelings of joy and happiness and love in like whatever I end up doing.
1: I love that. (laughs) Yes, I agree. It's about the feeling around it. Versus Mm -hmm. like the thinking. Yeah. And I agree. Million dollars was up on, on my. uh... That's still on there. And
0: (laughs) you know, like a beautiful home. Like there's those Mm -hmm. like specific things and knowing and like having that trust and the surrender, like you were talking about having that peace and knowing like they'll happen and kind of just like tuning into the frequency of those feelings. Yes. Is what success feels like. I love that. Okay, what was your
1: other question for me?
0: So my last question is just: I know we talked about a whole bunch of different things on the podcast today, but what is like one thing that you want to leave the viewers with today?
1: Oh, oh my goodness! (laughs) Another loaded question. That one. That one's harder. (laughs) Um. Whatever. No, I know. We talked
0: about a lot, so I wanted to like kind of sum it up with something.
1: Yeah. I'll say the first thing that popped into my head, which is funny that you asked this question um, because one of the things on the podcast, my sister and I have is to, we like to say like, you're not alone and then Mm -hmm. come up with whatever our thing is for the week. But I think that's something that I, I, you know, life can feel so isolating. Grief can feel isolating. Failure can feel isolating. And I don't, failure has such a negative connotation and that's, that's for another time when you're going to invite me back, Mm -hmm. hopefully to your show. Um, (laughs) But, Mm -hmm. um, but I think just know it, knowing for anyone who's watching or listening that you're not alone and it can, it can feel insurmountable to reach out to another person um, just even to say hello or to express what you have going on. And I would just encourage everyone, you know, find that one person or find that one thing that you can anchor into, hold on to and, and do reach out or find a way to do that. Um, cause we're not alone and that sense of connection and, and belonging is so crucial. I mean, I say this all to all of you, as I'm saying it to myself, to remind myself that it's okay to reach out for help and, and to be vulnerable and say like, I'm struggling or, or I'm happy. Right. So we don't always say like amazing things are happening, but yeah, that's I'd say like,
0: you're not alone. I think that's so important because we get so like, I don't even know the word for it. We just get so like into ourselves and like, we feel like we can't, like you said, we can't talk to anybody about anything. I don't know why that is a story I don't... for
1: another movie. I, know, <laughs> but... right? I don't know. I don't know either. We could definitely peel back those layers though. <laughs> yeah. I think that's
0: such an important message. So thank you for sharing. And then just to wrap up, where can people find you if they want to connect? I know you have a oh. lot going on, like you said, and I will put them in the show notes. But
1: Okay, thank you. you yeah, so um, I have a website, forwardtojoy.com, all spelled out. Um, my Instagram handle is the same, at forwardtojoy. You can email me at alexandra at com. And if you're interested in checking out the book, it's called The Suicide Club, What to Do When Someone You Love Chooses Death. And it's available on Amazon and com
0: beautiful
1: and i know you mentioned you had a podcast too so I'll yes it. the russian sisters yeah. it's not i know i, like, I, know. <laughs> I like any <laughs> anytime I, i'm like chatting with someone i'm like oh uh, we're more entertainment than <laughs> like solving yeah. the world's
0: problems <laughs> it is i love it and i was a guest on there and it's just a fun podcast to listen to yeah we should
1: um link your um your episode on the russian
0: sisters too Yes, I'll link that there and you guys can all check it out and listen to more from us. (laughs) Yes. But I will definitely have you back at some point and we can dive into a whole bunch of other topics. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Evolve and Align. I know life is so full and there are so many other podcasts you could be listening to right now. So I absolutely appreciate more than you know that you're choosing to be here with me. If you found this episode inspiring helpful or expansive i would love for you to leave me a five-star review and share it with someone who would be interested in listening and i would absolutely love to connect with you you can find me over on instagram at the Michelle. the link is in the show notes and i welcome you to come and say hello and let me know what you loved best about this episode until then i will see
1: you on our next episode of evolve and align.